0: This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's Community Access Media Organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre. In the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838 This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Can you help Greetings, I am Barry, this is The Voice in for another week. Now we've been listening to Pam Gregory re- frequently um, and her astrology forecast for the different months. Here's an interview with her from a lady in America.
1: This is Divinely Inspired, where we interview visionaries, change agents and wisdom keepers who inspire us to live our best life. And always show up with love. I'm your host, Divinely Jennifer. Welcome. Oh beauties, you are in for such a treat. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Pam Gregory, one of my favorite astrologers on the planet. I say astrologer in quotes because Pam does so much more than interpret the movement and the relationships of the stars. What I love most about Pam is her vision of a love-filled world that despite all of the shadows and polarities that exist today, where we are headed is more beautiful than we could ever imagine. I'm also inspired by how she humbly and generously translates the divine language of the cosmos so that we can all aspire to our highest purpose and to be our best love and light-filled selves. There is no doubt, though, that Pam is the foremost expert on astrology, which has been her passion for over 40 years. She studied for eight years with the Faculty of Astrological Studies in London, obtaining the most highly respected astrological qualifications in the world. She also set up and ran the New Forest School of Astrology. Pam is the author of two books, You Don't Really Believe in Astrology, Do You?, I love that title, (laughs) written for skeptics and aficionados alike, as well as how to co-create using the secret language of the universe, both of which you can purchase on her website, www.pamgregory.com. Pam also has several classes available on her website, both for those new to astrology and for professional astrologers. Please note that she is no longer taking clients, no matter how much you email her or beg or say pretty please, but you are always welcome to book a session with yours truly at www.divinelyjennifer.com. And with no further ado, here is the latest episode of Divinely Inspired. Pam Gregory, thank you so much for joining us today on Divinely Inspired You have inspired me to really also raise my vibration. And it is my hope in our interview today that we can teach people through your wisdom that of all you're studying over the last 40 plus years of astrology, how we can really change the world for the better through astrology and through doing our work and being of service in our beautiful ways. So I'm going to cut right to it. Um, and. As I mentioned, you've been doing astrology for a long time. And I say doing astrology, of course, it's studying and sharing and researching and spending hours pouring over people's charts <laughs> uh, You know, as this has come in. So I don't want to spend too much time on your bio. What I really want to ask you, what really feels pressing is that you've said astrology is the language of the cosmos. And I would love to know, how does astrology inspire you to live your best light and shine your light?
2: Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful question. Um, it, it really, really does, Jennifer. I don't know who I would be and where I would be without astrology, truly. I mean, it's, it inspires me every hour of every day. Um, it really does with its revelations and surprises and It is such a beautiful tool to work with because I think it's it's a very practical framework because it's almost like a cosmic weather forecast. And you can see when to kind of keep your head down and work hard. If it's a Saturn transit, you can see where to play your luck a little more. If it's a Jupiter transit, if it's a Uranus transit, you're meant to kind of challenge the rules and break free and be a maverick. And so it helps us very much, I believe, to live strategically because we've got a weather forecast. We know if it's going to rain, we take a, an umbrella with us or wear You know wet wet weather gear so in that way it informs our life but it doesn't dictate to us in any way because ultimately we have free will we truly do so it is our our unique pattern that in every moment is informing us of the cosmic winds and how we can best use the energies on any day month year etc and so you know, through through my even through my corporate career, I was using it all the time. You know, when is the best time to pitch for a new client or or whatever? So it was very, very practical in that way. But the deeper you get into it, the more you really start to see it as a spiritual language, because we are so totally interconnected with the cosmos and astrology makes that blatantly clear because, you know, every day I'm um uh, and you know, I have said elsewhere, and I know you're going to reiterate it, that I'm taking on no more clients. But, but I'm booked till the end of the year, and every day when I'm looking at client charts, I know, other than their name, which they could have made up, you no, know, they could have called themselves Susie, and actually they're Anne. I know nothing but that birth data. So I hop onto a Zoom call. And I know nothing about their life, but I know a lot about their archetypal patterns. So I don't know how they're living it out. But for sure, I know the qualities of the energy, the timing, the areas of life and what, what, what issues are likely to come up. It, that becomes very clear before we start the conversation. And so very often, if a client is struggling, it's because they are living that archetype. At a lower level of expression. I mean, Neptune is um, is a very obvious one because if you're living that at a lower level of expression, you may be confused, you may be overwhelmed, you may be, you know, weepy and foggy, and I don't know who I am, and I don't know where I'm going, and I'm lost, and da, da, da. But if you say to yourself, because you've lo- you have the knowledge now, that's my Neptune transit. This can be absolutely inspirational creatively and spiritually so if I use this energy to to paint to write poetry to listen to music to tune into nature to meditate you know there's very old, fine altered states then I'm using up the energy at the most positive level so it doesn't have any space or energy to manifest at the lower level. And that is immensely helpful, I think, in living your life. Once you've got just that little bit of knowledge, what each of the archetypes are about. I know it's a very long answer to your very short question, but, but, you know, if you take the Uranus archetype, I, I remember a client distinctly um, who all through her life she'd had, when she had big Uranus transits, she was cut off. She was cut off from boyfriend, she was cut off from parents, she was cut off from bosses and fired, you know, it was a, and, and Uranus does that, it's so a savage cutting off. But if I could help her to understand that it was actually her subconscious need for freedom and breaking out of that constraining relationship or situation then it's got a whole different picture because then she starts to become empowered rather than the victim of circumstance. So even with basic, basic astrology of understanding those very simple archetypes, you know, what are the lower levels of expression, what are the higher, you can shift gear, you can shift frequency on your life just by understanding those basics. So that's how it's a language. You know, people say to me, well, I don't believe in astrology. I say, well, you know, that's just a mad question. It's like saying I don't believe in French. It's you know, just not <laughs> sense of it. It's just a language. It's not a religion. It's not a belief. It's, You know, it's just a language that is incredibly profound, sacred, and incisive um, and very helpful for us.
1: Mm-hmm. So it was when you were in the corporate world, it was like your secret sauce.
2: Oh, it was.
1: Very <laughs> secret
2: <That is it. laughs> you know, I'd have been completely discredited because you know right. in, in certainly way back then, you know you had to be a very straight business person, but oh yeah i was I was brewing alchemy behind the
1: scenes <laughs> right and we'll we'll share with people at the end of the interview where they can find your book by that same name, you know you don't believe in astrology, do you? I love that title there's so much humor and joy in it um <laughs> you know and 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 I just but at the same time, it sounds like what you've realized over the years is it goes so much deeper. Oh, yes. And, you know, you speak often on your videos about a new earth paradigm and 5d ascension. When did you realize that we were heading towards this higher vibration, higher frequency, new earth? And when did you realize that astrology could be used to help us raise our own frequency to move towards this new earth?
2: Yeah, great question. Very good question. I think it was really, it really became kind of crystallized early last year, um, when I really started to get very, very interested in these deep space Kuiper Belt object planets, that to me represent the next evolution of consciousness. And they're very fine in their um, energy to work with. And because they operate on quantum principles, you know, that they're all about, well, many of them that I've studied so far, and of course, there are an infinite number, but the ones I've studied so far are very much about setting a clear intention, Stepping into that reality as if it's already happened, living in that frequency, and then the manifestation. That's kind of 5D quantum, as opposed to, I'll write a business plan and I'll submit it. And I'll have a meeting with a bank manager and get a loan and, you know, boom, boom, logical 3D pushing steps. So that became very exciting. And then when the whole world erupted with the pandemic, I thought, wow, this is our initiation. This is actually. Oh, I'm getting so busy. This is actually our initiation into how do we handle this challenge? How do we handle it? Do we handle it as victims, or do we handle it as heroes and creators? And it was God. (laughs) um, So it was forcing us to make very very big possibly life-changing decisions at that time about how we handled this challenge and although it's all been horrific in terms of you know the suffering and the strife and the all of all of the things the fear everything that's gone with that it has forced people to look themselves in the eye and say how do i handle this at the highest positive level and get the best positive outcome so i realized that this was kind of I'm increasingly seeing it as the initiation into new earth because you have to keep, and I bang on about this every video I make, you have to keep a high frequency to get above all of this. It's the only way because everything in life is a frequency match. Everything, you know, we're going to discover this more and more. And you, you are acutely aware of it yourself, Jennifer, but everything's a frequency match. So if we're in fear, we get more fear. If we're in anger, we get more anger. If we're in anxiety, we get more of that. You know, universe says, okay, give you more of that because you're thinking about it a lot. So you must want more of it. So here it comes, boom. So we have to be masterful enough to, despite what's happening in 3D re- reality and, it is, you know, it really. There's no doubt, you know, people are having a terrible time. But to say, okay, despite that, I am not giving it my energy and attention. I'm going to focus over here because I have to in order to keep my frequency high. Yes, I don't know if I fully answered your question, but I think it was the beginning of of last year, and I thought, wow, this is taking us to levels where we, we you know we've never been before and that's what of course the ancient prophecies were saying you know that this right. is really going to be the the ascension for humankind that we've never had and succeeded the others as I understand it the other attempts have failed for various reasons so so if that is that oh, if that is there is a possibility we have to step into it we can't mess up this opportunity so I think and I've never really defined it. That's why it's such a good question, Jennifer, because I've never really thought about it in those terms before. But you've just made me think about it really in as, as, as clear a vision right now. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's really how I thought about it, but perhaps not as clearly as I've expressed. I hope I've expressed it right now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's on track, but we have to make very clear decisions. Which way am I going? Am I going into fear or am I going into love? Because boy, have I got a big challenge facing you right now. Every single one of us.
1: Yes. Oh, that, No, that's beautiful. And I'm, and I'm wondering for people listening and, and saying, you know, how do you do that? How have you done that? I mean, I know I've had to, I've been a master manifester over the last 17 months, maybe a little bit more. I kind of look back and go, Whoa, wow. <laughs> but I've also had to make some of the most difficult decisions of my life. And really step up to be in alignment and in in integrity with who I am as a human being. So have you also had those moments over the last 18 months as we've been navigating this new territory where you felt like you really had to, you know, Saturn square Uranus. It was this boundaries versus the freedom um, paradigm.
2: Totally, totally. And I live in an area which I was saying to you before the call, you know, it's very, very beautiful, but it's also extremely conservative. So within my own little area, here, geographic area, not frequency area, but geographic area, I am very alone in the decisions I've made. And that can create a great sense of isolation, particularly in lockdown. However, again, it's our mastery you know it would have been so easy oh i give in you know okay i give in but you know where does that get you so yes i've had to be like you undoubtedly you know very clear very strong and think the only thing that matters is my integrity my truth um and my my clarity on the vision on where i'm going and i'm sure where i'm going and so It's interesting, you're talking about the manifesting. Since that time, people have just popped up all over the world. You know, the right people, the right places, the synchronicity. And those networks are really blossoming. And they're even starting to blossom locally. People are finding each other now that are singing the same song, as it were. And that's Aquarius, isn't it? That's our Aquarian energy of community and and collaboration. And that has been really Invigorating and supportive and exciting because you can see these hubs of light beginning these, ah, oh, these hubs of like-minded people coming together and say, Oh gosh, you do that. Well, I do this. Well, we could share or, you know, I can put you in touch with somebody in you know, a jump lead. But the way the second part of your question, how have I handled it? Nature. You know, I just come back to nature. Nature doesn't lie to you. Nature is always there. Nature is very healing. And I just so often if my head is going crazy with work coming in, I just go and sit on the grass like a three year old child. I've just got to bomb. I've just got to touch the earth, you know, hug a tree stare at the, all the stuff i talk about in my videos i really do i really do walk my talk you know i listen to the birds i look at blue sky i try and listen to the the sound behind the birds and the, that silence And then i try and is there anything beyond that silence you know the buddhist expanded focus um or I'll sing, I'll hum, I'll chant, I'll laugh with a friend, I'll hug a dog and hug a chuck, you know, any of those super, super simple things. And whenever I'm challenged with somebody sending me something, oh, you know, wish, wish I hadn't gone there because that's, like, I can feel my frequency dropping, then I do something instant. I just flick it into, boy, look at that flower. I'm going to stare into that rose because it's just amazing. So I'll flick it straight away to get me back to alignment. And I've mentioned in recent videos that I've been, I've been dowsing for a few years, but I'm dowsing more because what's getting very exciting is the people I know are making jumps in that like 200 points in a day, literally 200 points in a day. And the the maximum frequency for humanity seems to have quadrupled in the last two years, quadrupled. And, you know, I thought I was going crazy saying that, but I've checked with other DAOs and they no, no, you know, we're getting in as well. So think of that as a possibility that we can either head towards this, you know, very, very fearful future, or we can create from light. We can create from possibility. We can create from plasma. We can create from invisibility, trusting that if we are on a higher – frequency, that has to manifest by the law of the universe. It's got to be a frequency match.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm, I'm feeling for all the people who I know who I see fear on both sides, right? So there's so much polarity and I see fear on, I see fear in, on both sides of the polarity, right? It's not a spectrum. It's sort of this weird thing. And, you know, people will send me videos and I'll say, thank you for sending me that. I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) because it, it takes me into that zone. Is there something else you'd like to discuss? But for people like me who have experienced rifts in our own family, I mean, my father refuses to see me and which is very hard because I'm a daddy's girl and, but that's his journey. It's not mine. So for all the other people out there who are watching this and feeling those own separations in, in their own worlds, and yet knowing that nature is the connection. I I wrote down something you said, I saw, you said everything Gaia experiences, we do as well. Yeah. And I loved that. Just, I still get truth bumps feeling when I read it out loud. So for all those people watching, tell us about your vision for the new earth is tangential, energetic, all of it. What as a vision, the visionary that you are, through astrology, through these new planets coming in that you're in the Kuiper Belt that you're seeing and studying, through your dowsing, what is the vision that is coming in to you on behalf of Gaia?
2: Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. You ask great questions, Jennifer. Thank you. Um, okay, I think I think community is key. Because of the Aquarian energy, community is absolutely key. So we've stopped the whole yuppie thing, buying stuff, you know, all of that. It just doesn't matter. As I said to you before, the, the core, you know, we're much more interested in in growing our own vegetables and linking up with other people for local farmers who can do that. So community is going to be incredibly strong. And what's going to be important? I mean, Uranus is in Taurus. That's about a radical shift in values away from materialism. I mean, money may just dissolve as we've known it. And I know that sounds scary, but it will be replaced by sharing, sharing food sharing um love sharing experiences and you really will be coming together in communities of frequency you will find communities on the same frequency as you again we're back to the frequency match so that is is kind of at the almost the practical level and I think the way societies are going to operate are absolutely not going to be top-down this is Capricorn Pluto's moving through Capricorn it's deconstructing that old fossilized top-down rules and regulations etc order it's, it's very clear so you know we know how well that's worked don't we <laughs> as in not very so <laughs> So the, the reaction will be with the Aquarius energy and it's happening in some towns in the UK, some little country towns. They, they have a people's council. They have a people's assembly. So the people, particularly people who are expert in certain areas of agriculture or law or whatever are going to, are coming together to advise the so-called elected council on how to run the town. And those are also the beginnings of New Earth. It's people's assemblies, people's councils. And I'm in a, a local group where people are coming forwards to say, I'm a foraging expert. I'm a, I'm a preserving expert of kilner jars, you know, the way your granny used to do it. You know, I'm a common law expert. So people are forming communities in that way. And I think that's one of the practical kind of ways new earth will start to begin and also these these hubs of light are going to connect across the world and so therefore another way we're going to start to um, develop is telepathy in a much bigger way you know we'll lose the gadgets and we'll start to just intuitively um, develop our, our telepathic abilities and that will really be boosted I think particularly next year when Jupiter moves into Pisces we've got that fabulous Conjunction between Jupiter and Neptune in April, the 23 of Pisces smack on my son, I have to say. So I can barely <laughs> wait. I'll either drown or have a mystical experience. But either way. But um, so telepathy, heightened intuition, heightened psychic abilities. Everybody, everybody can heal already, but there'll be increased healing ability. We'll just be able to you know, gaze at someone and send love and they will heal. There's a Croatian chap, I think, called Bratcha, who does that. He organises huge events and he just turns up and there are a thousand people and he just gazes at them and they get healed. So this is the kind of ability I think people will be developing. We will be more wave and less particle we'll we'll, we'll be lighter our diets will be much lighter we'll probably eat less um we'll be more plant food um if we eat anything it'll be plant food obviously rather than rather than animal food which is much lower um frequency and all of these things will in turn raise our frequency as well we'll take in light from the sun because the sun goes via the plants and vegetables as you know that we eat but many people are getting more into sun gazing and i wouldn't I don't know the detail of that. And so please don't go up you know, during the day to do that, whatever you do. But, you know, early morning and late evening, get advice on that. <clears throat> but you can get your information and your energy directly from the sun. We're full of biophotons. We're full of, you know, our, our being is is just photonic light. And so we will be able to hold much more light in our bodies. And that's what. I think the purpose of moving through the photon belt is right it's very high frequency white light that some of us can see and that is flooding in and and altering upgrading every cell in our body but the, the thing then becomes how much how much light can you retain <clears throat> because the higher your frequency obviously the more light you can hold i think nature will be absolutely exquisite it will be abundant there will be no hunger there will be no poverty and i'm really inspired by the dwarf planet and i'm probably going to because people write to me and say you pronounced it wrong but anyway homia who's linked to the um hawaiian goddess of fertility and in times of waste where nothing could be grown from the land through bad, bad agricultural practices she had a magic stick called the makalai and she could just summon food from the land instantly we are going to start however crazy it seems right now ultimately we are going to have the ability to produce abundance and nature will be in dazzling translucent colors it will be so exquisite we can barely take it in it will be so beautiful so there will be no poverty no hunger um it will be we will be in a state of bliss and love and compassion that's my feeling so the more we can cultivate those feelings now of bliss and love and compassion—the faster that vision is going to come towards us. It's—it's it's just all about momentum, really. And yes, you're absolutely right, Jennifer. There's a there is a big polarity. You know, you, you can't you can't say there isn't because it's very obvious there is. But ultimately, we are all going to come back to unity consciousness, and that's where those of us who've taken different decisions have to hold our our compassion just. You know, We've all signed a sale contract before we arrived. So anyway, maybe that, I'm sorry, I'm giving you very long answers.
1: I love it. It's it's all about you. So we're good. And, And that feels so good. I mean, as you're just, just even the way you describe it, the vibration is so high compared to what we have been maybe experiencing, even for those of us who have gone through multiple transformations in the last few years, last several months, as we've made big life decisions. I know many women in particular who said, I cannot eat meat. It was overnight. I know. I mean, I I've had to cut out red meat for the most part. I just can't, my, I just doesn't taste good. It just doesn't resonate with me anymore. And so I'm watching this happen. I know a lot of people who are turning to uh, medicinal mushrooms. I always think of as a nurse and a naturopath, I think of mushrooms being that. On the one hand, they're sort of that the highest vibration of Capricorn because it's this underground movement. And even though in Capricorn season in the Northern hemisphere, the plants are dead, you know, you just think, God, it's gray out there. Is the sun ever going to shine again? Will we ever see flowers again and the bees? And, but it's all happening underground in that moment. It's all gaining strength. So a lot of people are going that direction as well. Um, but it's, it's so beautiful to hear the way you describe it, this frequency, and you can see how it could be so scary for, and to have compassion for someone who hasn't even gone there. This is never a world like this in their mind seems impossible. And yet the more little steps you take, even for five minutes in feeling that energy sitting quietly in the, tr- especially out in nature, as you were saying, to get that vibration to, you know, the little humming, we have these hummingbirds that are always flirting and flitting by, and they just make me laugh. And that alone raises a vibration and, and I'll forgive your pronunciation. It's, it's a very British pronunciation of, of, so it's all good of, of this, of this goddess who is impacting our ability to manifest in some ways with that Taurus energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to, um, hear a little bit more about, I, you had mentioned that you might be writing a book about these planetary bodies. I don't know if that is still coming into pass. Maybe that's something for 2022 as you've got, as we've got this Jupiter Neptune conjunction that's going to just, w- w- you're just going to be sprinkling Pam pixie dust all over the planet <laughs> and these, <laughs> these light bodies. <laughs> you know, So tell us how I would love to hear more your perspective around these discoveries of of these and who are, of course, incidentally, it's not lost on me that Virgo is the only sign that that truly represents the feminine or that um, all of the planets except for Venus are male. But now you've got these asteroids, Eris, who you're such an expert in, you know, Ceres, Vesta, Pallas Athena, and now you've got these other goddesses coming up into their light. They're finally getting their due, so to speak, to bring some divine feminine, divine masculine balance. How do you see that impacting the world of astrology and how people like you and I interpret astrology and continue to expand our knowledge of this beautiful language?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another wonderful question. It, it It's a whole other level. And, you know, my strong belief is that we only learn about further out planets when our consciousness is ready to integrate them. That's my strong feeling. So these, you know, very distant planets really do represent another another jump in our consciousness. And as you'll know, Jennifer, they all started to be discovered round about the 2000s, early mm-hmm two thousands. And it takes astrologers quite some time because the orbits are so long to kind of suss out the myths and what they're all about and plot them in people's charts and see how they're they're playing out. But yes, you are absolutely right. Increasingly it's about the feminine. And I think it's gonna give us really a very different perspective on the world and and our individuality, because up to now we've had you know planets going out to Pluto, and in the old days, of course, in Vedic astrology, traditionally they only look out to Saturn because that's far as the as the you know we can physically see with our naked eye. Um, but we're in a mu- this is about entering as a galactic citizen. I think this step into the dwarf planets and the Kuiper Belt is about us increasingly becoming galactic citizens, no longer feeling we are earthbound. You know, Saturn was the limit and it was the physical limit by the naked eye of what you could see by the ancients. Mm -hmm. And so we were very earthbound, but now we're going way out beyond Pluto. Eris has a 560 year orbit. Sedna has, I think is 11,000 and a half year orbit, you know, 11,500. So we are going out and she's obviously female too. So we are into big shifts of the ages. We're into paradigm shifts. We're into much more feminine energy, but strong feminine with Eris, warrior feminine. You know, no mucking about. You know, we're we're very clear on our vision and what we want, and that to me is very exciting. So I think there will come a time where your birth chart will be only looking at those dwarf planets and beyond we may not have what we recognize as current astrology in the personal planets. Now that may be some time off, but if you become a galactic citizen and see yourself very much as part of that community, astrology may evolve in that direction that birth charts just become the dwarf planets and beyond because we're gonna keep on trucking out to deep space.
1: Wow, what a huge shift for people. Huge shift as people are willing to be open to that consciousness. Yeah. So I'll say it again that your calendar is closed for offering (laughs) personal astrology Mm -hmm. readings for people. But if they want to come to me, they can. (laughs) Yes, of
0: course. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Why do you think that astrology has become and in particular the way you interpret astrology? Because you definitely bring soul to your astrology. Why do you think there's been such a swell and growth in interest? I mean, it almost is like if you don't, if you were to not do a video for a full moon or a new moon, I'm sure you'd get a thousand emails going, where is it? Where is it? I need
2: it. If I'm a day late, I'm in trouble. True. <laughs> and you know, I can, I mean, I don't know. I'm just a messenger, you know, so I just see myself as the the messenger I'm a really regular person who loves nature, walks my neighbor's dog and sits on the grass. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to do the best I can in huge transformational times to be the messenger, to help people because it is, it is tough in that we're being asked to trust the invisible. We're being asked to hitch our star to an invisible wagon that we can't yet see. But the trick is, if you do keep in higher frequency, you start to see it. The universe gives you signs and signals. Here's a person on the same wavelength that, you know, they can help your work or whatever. Or here's a place you might want to go to. So as soon as you trust the frequency and start to do that, a whole new world opens up so we 're moving much more into an age where we are really going to get this idea of everything is energy, everything is frequency, everything is plasma, pre matter, and that 's where our influence lies to create and that becomes very exciting, but because it 's so unknown because it 's so invisible and so different from the solid, reliable structures of government and education and legalities and you need know, you get your pension regulate you know whatever it is. Um, it's very hard to shift from something that is so dense, so concrete and tangible to just the invisible. But that's our mastery. That's what
1: we're being asked to do. And people are getting it. People are realizing as they're stepping into that, after a reading, I have people cry sometimes during their readings and not because they're sad, but because they're so moved by their own inner beauty. Because their chart acknowledges their gifts and they'll say I felt this all along but I just don't know how it's going to happen and how it's going to work you know and we can say well now you know and now you can start to manifest it and so that they it it gives them permission the more they understand more people understand their natal blueprint it almost like it gives them permission to show up in their highest frequency totally the authoritarian collective be darned or whoever's approval they were kind of seeking because really what matters is we need them we need all of us to shine our light in our own way in order for this all to happen for for this shift to happen we can't we'll be a very lonely monk if we're on the new earth all by ourselves (laughs) (laughs)
2: Absolutely. And, you know, you're absolutely right, Jennifer. There's a sense of for the for the client, a sense of crystallization and validation. I now really know who I am uh, at a deep level. And that's empowering. It really is. okay, off I go now on my mission because it's so clear. And and also, I think putting these these um, dwarf planets in the chart now, which I've been starting to do this year, beautiful planets like Selassia, you know, the wife of Neptune. She's mermaid energy, and she's very connected to the kind of iridescent shimmer of light on the sea, on the water, the moonlight and the sunlight. And to me, she represents photonic light. You know, this is the age we're moving into. So we are always creating with light. We just haven't been very aware of it, but we're going to become much more aware of it. So she's super feminine again another symbol of new earth and how we're creating. How mm-hmm.
1: we're creating. You said uh, in an interview, I, I don't know if it was the last video you did, but you said the highest vibration of Neptune is divinity. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. how, how did, I mean, just wondering how they'll, those two then come together in their um, masculine, feminine balance to give us access to our own divinity and to, Um, all of the spirit that's out there
2: yeah absolutely and I I think it's it's to me that balance between Neptune and Selassie is is offering us a very high level of um, divine order and divine intelligence and it's the perception of that in nature whether it's the oceans the lakes whether it's the trees the birds it gives you this this perception of overall intelligence that is divine intelligence that has a much greater plan than we can easily perceive but that is percolating down in every moment to each to our front doors to each individual and so once you get a sense I mean you know Plato and all his philosophy was really looking at this very high level of of divine intelligence and I think Selassie and Neptune help us to get there because they both encourage us in their archetypes to, to get to altered states, to get to bliss.
1: Without to get- chemicals, without drugs, okay. without plant medicine.
2: Totally. Sitting on the grass like a three-year-old, watching the birds and looking at a blue sky, if we're lucky here in the UK. <laughs> so, you know, it is, it is that feeling of sim- simple bliss and connection to the divine that i think neptune and selasia are all about it's absolutely simple you don't have to go on a course you don't have to pay money you don't have to fly anywhere it is sitting on the earth like a kid and just feeling the healing energy of the earth and and it's the beauty of all of it. it's getting to bliss neptune is very linked to altered states selasia is a very high frequency of light it's getting to altered states of bliss and staying there for as long as you can. I think one of the challenges is also keeping our attention one-pointed because we're lousy at that as human beings. <laughs> we're rubbish at it because we're inundated in social media to We've got to hop there and I haven't checked that. But whoop, and over there and ton of emails and off we get, you know, because it's so instant and, and, and there's such a volume so that that doesn't help us keeping one point uh, 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 of of focus and attention. But I think once we can master that, then we're on a roll with, with getting to these states of bliss for longer times.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. And to, and to not, and that's something I do see. I see a lot of people tapping into ayahuasca, bufo, which is the, the frog toxin um, combo, all these different, even psilocybin, the microdosing, the hallucinogenic mushrooms who want to experience this bliss. And which I I'm not going to judge, that's not something that resonates with me, but I think for people to kind of see, hey, this is what this feels like, but ultimately we don't need, we won't need these plant medicines or let alone the synthetic opiates and all these things that people have become reliant upon because we will be able to manifest that energy within ourselves through our connections with others and with mother earth
2: totally and 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 part of this huge shift jennifer as you very well know is from the external to the internal it's from external authority figures people telling you what to do to i decide in the most loving compassionate way what I do in the world and how I help others. So it's a a real, and we've got to develop that sense of internal center and anchor, this radio dial that I often talk about. You know, that's where you live from. And the body is such an amazing pharmacy. I mean, it's interesting. A healer told me the other day um, that when you're, if you're growing anything, um, any vegetables, um, that you spit on the seeds as you're planting them and the vegetables will then produce anything that you are deficient in which you then eat. Wow. I mean, how <laughs> divinely intelligent is, is that? Isn't that amazing? So you're ingesting back what you need that the vegetable will provide for you if you're deficient. Isn't that just mind blowing? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, we're yeah. going to become much more aware of this, this interconnectedness with nature in a beautiful, beautiful blending kind of way. But yes, it's got to be internal. We can't go there or, you know, and I include myself in this. As, you know, astrology is massively helpful to people on, on, on client sessions, but ultimately it's all down to an inside job.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. could be your next book. It's the inside <laughs> job, right? <laughs> Well, for this for the sake of time, I feel like I could we could talk for the next three hours and we wouldn't really cover nearly what is percolating and bubbling up, but I would be in addition, so as we were talking about Neptune and this beautiful Jupiter Neptune conjunction coming up in Pisces in April, what astrology are you predicting or are you anticipating to be the most Influential of 2022. I know we'll still feel some of the influence of that Pluto era square that everyone has talked about. We'll still have some of the remnants of the Saturn Uranus square. That's, we'll still feel some of that. I mean, just looking ahead, I'm looking at, you know, March, April look to be like, wow, there's a lot of potency there. What are you seeing in the work that you've done in the look ahead? Yeah,
2: thank you. Um, I mean, Jupiter and Neptune is, is huge, is, is really huge. And yes, you know, it's possible they it manifest as flooding because when Jupiter was in Pisces this summer, Northern Hemisphere, there was a lot of flooding in Europe, yeah. I think on the East Coast of America. So when it returns into Pisces on the 29th of December and stays in Pisces for the, about the first six months of next year, we could see more of that. But really, this is the ancient ruler of Pisces coming together with the modern ruler of Pisces and it 's just visionary it 's mystical, so if anybody has their ascendant, their sun, their moon, their Venus, their mercury, particularly um, it 's going to be just be this is going to be a you know a mystical shift to see life from a higher level, a finer level um, it 's going to be very, very beautiful, so we mustn't miss that opportunity, because I think it's going to be spectacular. And yes, you're absolutely right. We've still got the Eris-Pluto square, but it's not exact again. We've still got the Saturn-Uranus square, but it's not exact to the minute. It's exact to the degree again in October 22, but not to the minute. So the crunch time is what we're entering right now. You know, we've got another final exact square between Eris and Pluto on the 9th of October we've got another, and the astrology for October is strong. Let me say it's strong. Um, We've got another exact square between Saturn and Uranus on the 24th of December. It's going to be a cracking Christmas with that, I should think. So these are exact, and as you well know, Jennifer, whenever um, aspects are exact, they manifest much more strongly. So we have got some great intensity, and I've said recently that those two sets of squares, Eris, Pluto, and Saturn, Uranus, are very similar in their themes. It's control versus freedom, it's old versus new. Eris Pluto is challenging, you know, that patriarchal top-down order, and it challenges elitism. It wants everyone to have a voice. Nobody left out, completely inclusive, everybody to be heard. So does Uranus. It's a planet representing equality. And so they have very, very, so, so, you know, it couldn't be clearer from the astrology what the themes are. And ultimately, as I've said recently, I believe Eris will win in the Pluto square and Uranus will win in the Saturn square because they're the further out planet. So that's where we're headed. But boy, are we going to have a challenging f- few months, six months, I think, at the 3D level. And I really want to emphasize that's at the 3D level, because I think this will be the very concentrated period that we're going into any minute actually, any moment. October, very strong um, energy, the full moon on the, I think it's the 27th of October, is very powerful. (laughs) It's very powerful indeed. And then we go into the eclipses in November and December. Um, And then we have as we had last winter, or last um, in Northern Hemisphere, we had Mars in its own sign in a long term square to Pluto, which was a really tough, brutal, brutal um, kind of top down time. Um, This time, as we go into kind of Jan, Feb, um, March, to some extent, we've got Mars conjunct Pluto in Capricorn. So that's an echo of last winter northern hemisphere and also Pluto is kind of grinding through the same degrees because it's been it's still retrograde grinding through those degrees that it kind of triggered last winter so it's kind of on the home straight if you like it's going to be an echo of what was happening or an attempted echo of what was happening last winter but we've learned a lot and we've grown a lot
1: and we also have Venus retrograde in Capricorn at that yeah. same time.
2: Yeah. And that's going to be, I think, that, that are going to be huge financial um, developments, let's say. Obviously, you're very well aware it's the US Pluto return, Pluto coming back to its 1776 place. I think, and that's in the second house of the country's economy and money, if you use the 4th of July, 1710 Philadelphia um, Sibley chart. Um, that's gonna affect the world. It isn't just gonna be America, that's gonna affect. But I see that as a spiritual rebirth for America, a, a big spiritual rebirth for America. And whatever's happening in America will be dominoes across the rest of the world. So over the next six months, I see an incredible amount of change, disruption. Yes, chaos as systems collapse, but you don't have to live at that level. Yeah. You know, if we are already linking with other people of like mind on a different frequency, we are day to day lives. I mean, I, I've said recently that I feel more and more removed from mainstream society with every passing day. I haven't been to a supermarket for 21 months. My local small town is a mile away. I haven't been there for 21 months. I get my organic food delivered. Um just fruit and vegetables so yeah I'm I'm just in a self-sufficient bubble so and I know I'm very lucky because other people are on the front line and it's very very different but as far as you are able if you can kind of step back from the grit of mainstream society and, and keep that eagle's perch that higher perspective you will start to live a different timeline so I see next year as not as intense as the next six months, for sure. I see not as in- yep. There's still challenges and battles and da da da, but the squares are looser, and I see more and more green shoots of new earth through the broken concrete. Because you know, if we truly believe that this big spiritual transformation began in 2012, and and the golden age begins in 2032. We are at that midpoint now. But as we get into twenty-two spring onwards, we've tipped onto the other decade of that, if you like. And I think we are going to go and see, see more and more signs, opportunities, synchronicities connected to New Earth. Mm. And the momentum will shift from, you know, the grit to the joy.
0: angels calling from the angelic Reiki album so back to pam
1: yeah one of my friends said she was feeling really indecisive about traveling to a full moon festival in october she goes should i go should i go and i said well i can't tell you to go or not but what i can tell you is what's happening in the astrology in those five days and i'm not going anywhere
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes good answer (laughs)
1: People can come to me, that's fine. I'm not going, I'm not getting on an airplane. I'm not going anywhere.
2: Because it will all change. You know, I, I think it's been very interesting. When Saturn moved into Aquarius, Saturn limitation, Aquarius freedom, that was, I think, March 22nd. March 23rd a lot of the world went into lockdown UK did too so constriction on the freedom so clear it's going to stay in aquarius till March 2023 when it goes into pisces i believe we are going to see freedoms reemerge at that time and and that will become and, and anyway we'll be able to teleport quite soon i think
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I speaking remember. of speaking of March 2023 this is actually my last astrology question i really want to get to it how do you think that pluto's move into aquarius obviously he's going to retrograde back into capricorn just a little bit but for the most part he'll enter that aquarius energy on march 23rd 2023 how do you think that will further empower people to step into their sovereignty yeah
2: excellent um well i think we have to be aware of the shadow side in order to avoid it, because, you know, the literal symbolism is controlled by technology, isn't it? Pluto control Uranus uh, Aquarius technology. Mm -hmm. But I look back in history and I can't recall the details now, but if you look back in history, there's some very positive things that have happened around Pluto shift into Aquarius. I think there was the first declaration, was it of civil rights or human rights? It came out of the French National Assembly, um, and it was the first written document around people having rights, because Aquarius is very linked to freedoms, obviously human rights, etc. So I think that th- there could potentially be a transformation in how we view human rights and freedoms. And my word, wouldn't that be wonderful? And that is also going to be a spiritual transformation for humankind, because Aquarius is about the collective humankind which is going to be the most extraordinary upshift because Aquarius is also frequency if you look at the you know the glyph the two jagged it's frequency isn't it so you know electromagnetic energy so that I think potentially is very exciting indeed and we get what we believe it will be if we believe it's going to be that the positive expression That is what we'll get because we just we just get our our
1: beliefs and our expectations reflected back to us. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right. It's so important to understand the shadow so that we. And now, even with all the technology that's being um, used in at higher frequencies and being used for the shadows, I'll just say say Ah. it that way. Right? We can we can witness it and go, wow, that's really something. And then, wow, that's really something wonderful. So <laughs> I'll choose it's, it's, you know, there's that old movie. Um, when Harry met Sally with uh, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks years ago. And if you ever saw it and she's, she's faking an orgasm at the table and the woman says, what B. Arthur, I think says, I'll have what she's having, you know, it's sort of that when people <laughs> see us, when people see those living at a higher frequency, they're going to say, I want what I want, what they're having. I, I want, I want that. That's, that feels good. And for those who can see it, who are kind of on, I see people who are kind of on the bridge. They're not quite sure which step to take. So um, through the, we, I want to go back to Gaia for a minute as we close up today. Um, Because I just do feel what you're offering, what you offer has so much, it it has, you have to be personally responsible. You have to be accountable for yourself, but there's also a lot of hope and light in your message. Mm -hmm. And you also have this beautiful connection to Gaia, to this new earth that's being birthed both through the astrology, as well as what you feel in your heart, Pam, Pam Gregory's heart. What do you feel that Gaia most wants us to know right now?
2: I think Guy wants us to love her, to love her and honour her as an organic living being. Because, you know, yeah, she's been trashed, you know, pollution, trash. We've just, we've had this, this idea that we can dominate nature. We can dominate animals. I mean, I haven't eaten meat for 45 years. I'm just too big a, a softy with animals to, to, to do that. But so we've dominated animals. We've dominated nature. We've exploited her. We haven't regarded her as an organic living being. And she is and she's going through her major upgrade. You can see it in the Schumann Resonance, you can see it in what's happening because the Earth's core is actually expanding right now, causing more earthquakes and volcanoes and extreme extreme weather events. So, and we, we you know, we we can't not, which is terrible English, be, uh, be affected. You know, we have to be affected by her. We live on her, bare feet on the grass. You can feel those healing irons sucking into, you can look at the blood test before and after. You know, the blood's all clumpy generally before you stand on the earth. You know, 40 minutes later, another blood test. It's beautiful and viscous and flowing and healthy just by standing on the earth. So we've got to start to understand that we are part of Gaia. We are part of this whole ecosystem, this organic feedback loop everything affects everything else. Everything's connected to everything else. Mm -hmm. Just pour love into Gaia, just like you would if you were growing flowers or vegetables, pour in love because that consciousness, that frequency we send out to Gaia will help her stabilize and flourish.
1: You know, I was flying a couple of weeks ago and I flew over one of the major fires here in California I think it's up to 300,000 acres at this point. And, and I looked down and I felt such sadness. And I said, you know, mother earth, how can we help you heal? And she said, oh, honey, I'm already healed. I'm a master manifester. This is part of my healing. And she just, and and then I got a little, she got a little snarky with me and she said, what are you manifesting? (laughs) So, you know, it's that, and you know, that we, So that we also then what I'm hearing is that we have to take response again, this, we have to take responsibility for ourselves and we have to love and we have to love her and we have to love each other as hard as that is who can you send, can you send love to the person you hate the most
0: or the person that
1: you judge the most? I mean, that's what I'm constantly working on. Can I just, can I reserve a little meditation time and send them some good vibes and then Close the door again and go on with my.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, we have to send them love because, you know, we loved them before for who they are and we still love them for yeah. who they are. And they may have taken a different track along the way, but we still love them for who they are, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, they're, they're good, good people. And another thing I really want to say as well when I'm in nature, I don't know if it'll help people, but when I'm in, when I'm in nature, I'm fully in nature. I never, ever, 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 Take my mobile phone with me ever because why would you in nature? Because this kind of addiction that you can't go anywhere without your mobile phone, I never take it with me. In fact, I barely ever switch it on, to be honest. You know, a month can go by and I haven't switched on because I enjoy living in the dark ages. You know, that works really well for me. My connection is nature, my my connection is not to that mobile phone. Yes, I have to use a computer for work, but that's as far as it goes, frankly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm always a bit surprised when I see people or hear people when I'm out on the trails and they have their music blasting. And, and I think, don't you want to pay attention to this? And, but then again, I'm also happy that they're out on the trails and experience at least the movement and the sunshine and the nature too. But I do think that's helpful for people to know that you can, you can still thrive. Yeah. Tr- tr- without totally. that um, reliance on the technology, and perhaps that will be part of the innovation of Pluto in Aquarius is yeah. technology without tech innovation without technology. How can yeah, we innovate brilliant. away from the technology that well, that's you know, hold on to it? Because I, what if someone's trying to call me or text me? Oh, I got a little dopamine hit because somebody liked me, you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, th- that's brilliant, Jennifer. That's really brilliant because, yeah, I'm pretty allergic to all that stuff. And uh, you, you just got to immerse yourself in nature. Just milk it. Just love it. And you can't do that if you've kind of got a mobile phone waiting for the next text. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy. So that's my view as a humble um being living in in the Dark Ages and, you know, in the 18th century, let's say. And very happily, I have to say.
1: Well, I know I'm... I and hundreds of thousands of other people are so grateful that you do tap into the technology to bring your voice (laughs) to the world (laughs) and the, the legacy that you are creating for all the generations, especially I see the younger generation, you know, I've got a 17 and 19 and a 21 year old, and I see their generation's reliance on the technology. And so we, we have to continue to, um, Mentor for them that you can thrive without that technology and with a different type of connection, that there is this in-person connection, even this connection, it's virtual, but it's so beautiful and deep because it's just these lights just being sent across the world to one another me in california you in england and and here we are and goodness knows as people are watching it the different lights as you're talking about i as you were talking about the new earth and these communities of light i could see it's almost like as you know i always go back to health as a nurse like these neurons these synapses that are firing and the more they fire the more they get to connect with others until that light is surrounding us all uh, we're creating
2: a grid of light around the universe for sure. Yes. No doubt.
1: Thank you so much. This has been such an honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you. It has flown by. (laughs) And, um, so that, so just again, to reiterate, you are not taking any, um, any clients at this time you're booked up for the year, no special favors for anybody, not even (laughs) me, but if anyone wants to come see me, they can. So, but you've got so many books and, and online teachings for, beginners in astrology and also not beginners in astrology. So tell people the best way they can find you online, um, to experience your work that does not include a one-on-one reading.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry about that. It's just, you know, just so many hours in the day and only one small person. Um, very active YouTube channel, which is Pam Gregory Astrology. You can all my videos are there. Um, my website is um, also www.pamgregory.com. That is currently being upgraded. So please note it's moving very slowly right now until probably late October till it's upgraded, because yeah, then you can find everything there. I've got my my two books. Um, which are available um, via Amazon and some reviews there. I've got quite a few teaching videos, as you say, Jennifer, beginners and more advanced. Um, I write a very long monthly newsletter of around about 7,000 words, which I put up roughly, I don't want to say exactly, because I don't to be so too pinned down to the exact date, but roughly at the end of each month. Um, September's is already there. I'm doing that for free now. Um, it's no longer subscription so there's a lot of information there because i often do research and and you know dig into cycles in a in a bigger way than i can ever do in the youtube videos so so that's what's there and um who knows what else will come
1: wonderful thank you yeah your website will have to get through mercury's retrograde in order to be fully upgraded right indeed absolutely (laughs) (laughs) well thank again thank you again and um thank you pam
2: Absolute joy. I've really enjoyed it, Jennifer. And you asked some wonderful questions So, to connect across the miles um, so much.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, beauties. Is Pam a light-filled, gorgeous soul or what? I feel so blessed that we are able to tap into her wisdom and her inspiration. I hope that you have been as inspired by Pam as I have.
0: Yes, I hope you have been inspired as well. So across the miles, was America, England, down New Zealand. And what started here in New Zealand was the channeled voice of Abraham. So this is a little excerpt from Abraham Hicks in America, which is um, Esther Hicks channeling Abraham.
3: What a good day. What a high-flying good day. So... What do you now know, know that you didn't know a few hours ago? Because we believe that in the beginning of this day, that you knew that this is a vibrational universe conceptually. And we believe that you knew that you are the creator of your own reality conceptually. And we believe that. You knew that contrast was providing the specific details of your desire. And that when we asked that opening question, do you know what you want? That that question formulated in every one of you an image of something that you want. But these are the new things that have happened today. And this is the new resonance that you have found as a result of this conversation. It's easier than you had ever imagined. And there is a natural momentum that will take you to everything that you want. And that directing your thoughts and therefore encouraging momentum in one direction, which causes you to no longer encourage momentum in multiple directions, gives you a definiteness of purpose that will yield to you evidential results in a faster period of time. So what we're reaching for, what we really want you to hear as a result of everything that we've talked about here today is that it is easier than you have been letting it be and that there is a momentum that will carry you that you can begin to direct with more um, determination. We want you to let your effort factor be only about choosing that high-flying disc and then just for a little while watching what comes as a result of that. But the significant thing that we can feel that has happened within you here is that you are now accepting that your point of attraction is a pliable thing and that the earlier in the day that you identify it and accomplish it, then the more evidence of having done that will show itself to you. It is our desire that you will for the next 30 days make a decision that your first question to yourself when you find yourself conscious in the morning is am I on my high-flying disc am I on my high-flying disc what thoughts could I think that would put me there and then as you're moving through the day If the next important question that comes to you is I can feel myself slipping from my high-flying disk I have 17 seconds to do something about it can I stop this slight momentum in this 17 seconds and then see yourself do it the next thing that we think you've gathered from this conversation is the understanding of laying new pipes That you stand as the receiver of whatever is in the pipeline that you have carved out. And that every thought you think that feels uncomfortable when you think it is literally carving out a pathway to unwanted things. Unwanted when you get there and unwanted on your way to getting there. So... We think the combination of knowing that you have the ability to get on this high-flying disc, knowing that it's logical that you'll fall off for a while, but that you have 17 seconds to try not to, and that if you apply yourself a little bit, that you have a pretty good chance of staying on, of knowing... That as you do 100% of your affirming when you are flying high, at the time that you're sitting around with friends and you're all laughing so much that you can hardly understand what the other one is saying because you're having so much fun, that's the time to make your affirmations to the universe of what you want. When your children are at their happiest, that's the time to affirm to them who you know them to be. When you are feeling at your best, that's the time to keep that momentum going by talking further, by adding more words to it. And any time other than that, be as quiet as you can be. (laughs) Let no teaching moments ever come from anything less than your high-flying disc. Don't try to teach yourself from anything less than your high-flying disc. And don't try to teach anybody else from anything less than your high-flying disc. And then finally, the most significant of all of that, we want you to be easy with yourselves about it and to say any time you're aware that you have slipped and that you're not on your high flying disc. Oh, good. I embrace this clarifying moment. I appreciate this clarifying moment, because what you're going to discover is you can have this lovely dance Mostly on the high-flying disk. But even on the high-flying disk, there are going to be more things that you're asking for. Because this is an inevitable fact of the eternal beingness that is you. You are never, ever going to get it done. Ever. There's never going to be a moment in time that new desires are not pulsing from you. And so there's never going to be a time that there is not a potential gap between what you're doing right now and who you've actually become. As you embrace that, as you accept that eternal nature, as it's all right for you when you're in a step one moment and as you are appreciating the step two moment that source is doing, as we have that wonderful wind at your back, as you acknowledge that step one and step two have already taken place, as someone said so brilliantly just now, without even your conscious awareness or notice of it in many cases, but you are putting your undivided attention upon step three, which is getting on that high flying disc. People who are watching you are going to begin to come to you wanting to know what you have figured out. What is it that you are doing differently? And we would encourage you to keep it really general and really light with them. We would say things to them such as, I just decided to chill more. I've just decided to get a better night's sleep. I've just decided to get up in the morning and get off on a better foot. I've just decided to direct my thoughts toward more things that feel good. And I've discovered what a magnificent world this is. I love this world and all of the people in it. And I'm finding so many things in every day to praise and appreciate. And I think that's what's made the difference for me. And little by little, your paradigm shift will spread outward until others are experiencing their paradigm shift. But that will make no difference to your world because you have already firmly planted yourself on the high-flying disc. So you're going to live happily ever after anyway, you see. But once you have firmly implanted yourself on that high-flying disc and others are observing you and you're wisely explaining what you're doing, simply stating it, more and more and more of this magnificent world will join all of us on that high-flying disc. And what could be fun, more fun than more having more fun? There isn't anything that's broken and anyone that's not on the high flying disc, even if it's you, nothing's gone wrong with that. It's all part of the clarifying process. So we don't want to leave you in this place of judgment or evaluation about you or anyone else and what disc they're on. But we do think it's nice to have a preference that you understand that you have some measure of control about. And we believe that in this moment, you do. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you may not remember very much of this. But after two or three days of doing the one simple thing of reaching for that high-flying disc, your own personal life is going to demonstrate for you over and over and over again all of the components of what we talked about here today. It's going to be a really wonderful month coming up and the month following that even better. Because once the manifestations start rolling in, in response to the new pipes that you have laid, then it becomes even more fun because the manifestations reinforce what you know. The better it gets, the better it gets. So we leave you with one last encouragement. Don't flaunt any of this to anyone. Just be the happy person that you are and let law of attraction rendezvous you with those who get that, who understand that. We promise you, you didn't come to figure this out so that you could take others who don't understand it to a place of understanding it. Just for a month, you understand it. Later on, when you're really stable, when there's no chance of wherever they are moving you from where you are, then you can have your teaching moments. (laughs) One last thing. You're really going to like
2: this.
3: (laughs) The only moment that is an effective teaching moment is when you are on the high flying disc and so is your student. We've enjoyed this interaction more than words can convey. There is great love here for you. And as always, we remain stubbornly, joyously, eternally, infinitely, deliberately in the vortex.
0: Some Solaris Aglow from Geoffrey Clarkson. Om Soham, I am the universe. Soham is derived from Sanskrit and literally means I am that. It means identifying oneself with the universe or ultimate reality. As we meditate on this, we realize that we're all one. We have all come from one infinite source. And a part of that infinite source is present in all of us. We are all connected. You are the same as I am. Om is the sound of a universe. Om Soham, I am the universe. I am part of it. I'm connected to that infinite source. I'm Barry, being the voice within. Shalom, namaste, ma salam kakite. May your God be with you.